Shout out Drop, Brooklyn Babe in the building. I wore my Luther Vandross. I was going to impersonate Luther Vandross today. Shout out 5001. It's the jacket Luther wore in that video, never too much. Uh, my favorite, okay? There's Marvin, there's, there's Marvin, there's Teddy, there's so many others. But as far as me vocally, uh, there's MJ, it's Luther, right? And uh, it was his birthday yesterday. Uh, so much to talk about. 
And so today I flew down and I was up early at the airport and I get into uh, Googling Luther. And, 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 and Luther, you got to understand, the reason I wear the, 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 the jewelry, the iced out watch, is because I used to go to Luther Vandross concerts and sit up a deck and I would watch him this small and all I would see was his wrist just shining. And I said to myself, every time I want a fan to go to my show, I want the lights to just to, to just gleam on my hand. And and so I got that from Luther. Luther Vandross, uh, I Google him to only find out that he was born in the Lower East Side. This, this is why when I tell you that infamous story when I was scared to see him while he was sick, me and my wife pulled over and we stood outside the, the hospital. It's downtown by the Lower East Side. I didn't realize he was born in the Lower East Side. Then, out of all places, he moved to the Bronx. And so, no wonder I love this man so much. I've never known this. And he lived by Kelly Street, by where my brother JB, you know, 163rd. And I'm saying to the set, and I said, because, you know, Luther's my favorite ever. Imagine if your whole life is music and this guy is like a god to you. I'm wondering, you think he ever heard a fat joke from Forrest Projects? It's only like six blocks away. He went to high school at Taft High School. That's where I went to summer school. Do you think he's ever heard of Fat Joe from Forest Projects by Johnson's Fried Chicken? You know, Johnson's Fried Chicken different. Their chicken is homegrown. They own a farm down south. And it was and and, and I guess it's organic fried chicken. And they make a much mustard sauce. The Johnson's Fried Chicken. The mayor goes every week, still to this day, to pick up Johnson's Fried Chicken for his mother. Because they got the special mustard sauce. If you're from that area of the Bronx, it's legendary Johnson's Fried Chicken. I mean, matter of fact, God Fury needs to go there. And so, while I'm reading this today, I'm like, wow. Luther was from down the block. And uh, and I'm like, damn, it was all in there. And then when I did the song, when I did the song over, and they honored me and gave me uh, the blessings, I go lower east side, I'm up, and then why? You see how God, you know, brings everything together? I had no clue. He was born in the lower east side. Blew my mind today. I called about 10 people at 6 in the morning telling them I couldn't believe that Luther grew up in the Bronx and went to Taft High School. Google the shit. Yo, Ruben Diaz Jr., Bronx Borough President, on the check-in. He, he said on 161st Street. That's crazy, uh, Ruben. I never knew that. And Ruben, here goes our brother, who's the Bronx Borough President, our most honorable who's always on the check-in in the show, and right under him comes the white van talk. 
This ain't a white van day, okay? I'm telling you now. Don't do that, right? Johnson's, oh, Johnson's was slamming. Johnson's still there. Uh, Johnson's still there. And, uh, and so obviously yesterday, I got caught up on two things. Pretty Lou, I love you. I got to call you later. Two things. Obviously, was the trial, the George Floyd trial that had me feeling like I might come on here and say some stuff I can't take back. And two was, I never go against verses. You know, when, when verses come on, I pay homage and shut down shop. So, uh, stores close. You know how you pull up to your favorite shop? You know, you know how you pull up to, to your favorite shop? He's on the Bronx Hall of Fame. Um, Man, he's on every Hall of Fame, Ruben. But thank you for acknowledging Luther. And so, uh, I never go against the verses to celebration of music. Redman, Method Man, real hip hop. Redman is one of the greatest lyricists to ever live in hip hop music. Bottom line, the man is incredible. Uh, as well as Method Man. Shout out to Savvy. Savvy Jr., my brother Sav, happy birthday, my brother. We love you, man. God bless you, man. Many, many more. I've seen that yellow outfit of when you was a baby. So now, we got the verses, then we got the George Floyd trial. This was crazy because although we knew the real answer, we knew the man was guilty, we were still afraid of the same old happening. Uh, police officers taking accountability. Now, uh, my brother Ari Melba from MSNBC, good friend of the show, puts up a, cha a chart where in 15 years, police officers have never been convicted of shooting a black or brown person. 15 years. This thousands of in incidents. Could they be innocent every single time? And therefore goes the arrogant face of Chevron or Chevron. Look, I fuck up everybody's name. Siobhan, whatever his name is. And so, um, Therefore, you see him looking all cocky and, and, and so now we know why. Nobody ever goes to jail for this. And so, it's, 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 it, now you know why he's looking like, yo, why y'all filming? We never go to jail. So could you imagine uh, being a police officer uh, in such a dangerous field? Vice versa. And we pray for the good cops. We don't want none of them to get hurt. But in a dangerous occupation to where you have full immunity. You know every day when you get up, whatever you do, you're never getting in trouble for it. And so, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> you know, there was nothing else. Yeah, he looked shocked. He looked like, what? 
Like, oh, I'm the first one? Like, they must have told him, listen, there have been 10,000 cases like this. The cop wins every time. Don't worry about it. Keep the food warm in the house. What was crazy to me is when they called him guilty, they said, yo, no more bail. His bail he was on bail this whole year. He was home coming to court. And man, I'm willing to see that, that stat. I'm willing to see the stat of how many people are being charged with murder or homicide. They get to get bail. And so yesterday, I felt real uh, Joey Crackish from Forest Projects. And I was going to go real, 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 real bad. And so I said, you know what? You know, and you know who, who might as well be my supervisor. This is a family show. My daughter, executive producer. My mother calls me at 810 yesterday. Where's the show? I said, Bobby, I don't feel right today. I don't feel like I'm going to say the right thing. Like, and there's the verses. And she was like, yeah, but I'm waiting for the show. I said, Ma, I, you know, I, I'm going to go bad in a bad way. And so she said she understood. And so we left it at that. And uh, my Knicks are kicking your ass. Man, we seven in, a, seven in a row. Julius Randle, MVP, 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 MVP. Now, I have a guest, huge guest coming on tonight. Fun guy. But I want to say something. And it might be crazy. But if we're going to talk the truth... Between us. Because this is this show's about us. It's never been about nobody else. It's always been direct to server. Like send the server. It's been, you know, me to you. Like, you know how you watch tennis on the side? It's never been about nobody else. We've never cared about nobody else. We've never cared about nobody's opinion. We've never cared about nobody but us. And that's what we've been doing. Right? So now... Fire signs, if you can stomach or tolerate some real, 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 real talk. And I want to let y'all help me out. Then I'm going to bring my next guest on, who I'm sure is beyond professional. And he's waiting for me right now. But fire signs. And I'm not taking no talk back. See my Luther shirt? Yeah, get it fucked up. Hey, listen, man. Ain't got nothing to do with Zion. Now, unfortunately, I don't know what is the timing. I don't know why. But just a few hours of celebrating the George Floyd verdict, uh, a young lady is killed by a police officer. A few hours. Just in case you thought, new day in America, police held accountable, they kill people, they're going to jail, they got to be scared of killing people. 
Wrong. A few hours later, they kill a young lady. Now, this is the realest show in the game. If this is the realest show in the game, let me see some fire signs. Right? Now, this is why I say you and me. Because what I'm about to say, you may disagree with. And a lot of times in our culture, in our community, if it sounds damaging to one of us, we just stay quiet. We just, we just. Jesse Smulliet, that was funny business, bro. But we stood like. Jesse Smulliet was funny business. And we stood like. And shit be happening when you know. If you could let the shit go, you'd be like, yo, they tripping. Right? But you like. The kids out here spring break, jumping up and down on cop cars and all that. You know. You don't want to diss up. We're not doing that. Right? We don't do that. But today, I want to speak my mind on this. Right? And I am nothing. I just have an opinion and it is what it is. Right? Uh, the young lady that was killed by the cop. Different details. They said she was getting jumped by grown women. She was just a little girl. If we trust the video of George Floyd, Chevron's, his knee on his neck, or the other young brother where the girl says, Taser, and kills him, which she's guilty too. The video I saw of this young lady who got killed had a knife about this long in her hand. And she was about to stab another sister. God forgive me. But the video I saw was another girl in pink like this about to. With a knife this big. Suppose they don't shoot. And she stabs the girl in the neck, the heart, the girl is dead. And sometimes, whether it's just us, We gotta really make sense, right? Sometimes we gotta. And so now we can backtrack. There's millions of kids in the foster system that the foster system has failed. There's millions of kids. But what I'm saying is suppose the cop. Didn't shoot. And the girl would have cut. Killed the girl in front of them.
That's as far as I go. I'm just sparking the light bulb. Uh, take it how you want. I don't lie, right? So, you know, most of the time I just stay quiet on some shit. But this time I'm looking and I'm like, there's a girl like this and a girl swinging the knife about this long. In the motion. I don't know. Maybe it was too fast. I don't know if he could have got the taser and shot her with the taser. I don't know what they could have did. He looked, they looked too far away to stop the girl or dive on her or prevent it in some way. I don't know if the taser would have hit the girl. And then once it get through, it get through. That's the best case scenario we could say. Why not use the taser? You're right. That's all I'm saying, bro. Uh, but ironically, it's fucking crazy that you're celebrating the guilty verdict in less than a couple of hours a young black sister gets killed in the street. Um, let me get my guest on, man. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> yes, the people, man. The people. Yo, Keenan, what's up, my brother? What's good with you? Yo, you know, you put the camera on you a little dark. You dim the lights and you don't look so light-skinned right now. Yeah, there you go. I Yo, Kenan, were... I seen you the other day, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I walked right past you. I didn't know it was you. You All of a sudden, you look light-skinned. I mean, you know, I have my glasses ah! on. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good. <laughs> like, doing me. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I... Thank you for having me, bro. It's good. It's good to talk to you, man. It's like a real heavy times right now. You know what I'm saying? You know it's what's crazy. weird? What's weird, Keenan? Right? Is in the past, guys who have shared a position that you share, because let's be let's be clear. You have a lot of white fans. Saturday Night Live is a, is, and there's nothing wrong. We love white people. Some of my best friends are white people. I love white people. <laughs> I tell people all the time, this ain't no fucking hating. Why I love my best friends are white. Okay, this ain't about this. This is about human. But um, if somebody in your position usually stays quiet or tries to go under the radar, and when I follow you on Instagram, I see you vocally about it and talking about Black Lives Matter. And is that hard for you to do? Or, or for you, it's like, hey, I'm going to speak my mind. No, it's not hard for me to do because I'm living life. You know what I'm saying? It's what I'm going through in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be out here pretending that I'm not affected by these things that are going on. People that look like my or myself if I happen to get pulled. You know what I mean? So, I'm, you know, I haven't of Makia yet. Because I'm still waiting, I guess, to get all the info. But it's just really the main reason... You know, and it's very sad that the reaction to us always 
leave. You know what I'm saying? You popping in and out, yo, Kenan. You popping in and out, your voice. Yeah. So you know, can you hear me now? I can hear you now, my brother. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. Like a lot of people are saying, why not the taser? Why not the leg shot? Whatever, like that. You know, I think anyway, it's it's fortunate that the reaction to us when we show up or whatever is always so lean. You know what I'm saying? It just makes me very sad. There's a video. Together, you know what I mean? But I'll be posting There's a video that our brother Sean King put up today about a white man who who dragged police officers in the middle of the street and had a knife on him. They never killed this guy. They never shot at him. They never yeah. tasered him. Plenty of videos like that. You know what I mean? There's videos of the old man dragging police on the truck, you know, trying to get away, you know, and they not shoot windows, this, that, and the other. So so what do they say, Keenan? They say, he's white, I'm not going to shoot? I mean, I don't know what they say, but it, uh, it appears to be the overall concept is that they see them as a threat. They see them as the same kind of threat look at us as. That has got to change. So, so basically, they can look at a white guy with a knife lunging at him and back up and be like, oh, he's just on his off his meds today. He's, you know, we're going to figure this out. We And then when it's a black brother, they just shoot him dead. I mean, unfortunately, that has been the outcome more times than not. So, yeah, the bottom line, they don't see him as a threat. The other side of that coin is that, you know, on some old, you know, protect the race type shit, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't really know mind of a cop, you know what I'm saying? But what I do know is that we can't keep like having days and continue these days like yeah man I mean she was in an incident ever where there was violence involved but the violence have to be lethal a so called train and she supposedly called to the scene. So, I yeah know. I know but she had the knife I know. About to kill this really. girl or at least hurt her bad. Like, yeah, I mean, but so, if you're a professional, supposedly to intervene on shit like that, can't you do that without an elite force from. You know what? You know, I have a gun license in Miami, and they teach you if somebody is five steps away from you and comes at you trying to kill you with a knife, even if you shoot them, they can shot. They can still make it to you and kill you with the knife. Okay. And so, unfortunately, this situation was a little bit more trickier to me because look, you seen the girl was like, you know, she. What if she would have killed the girl in front of the cops and they didn't do nothing, freezing up? This is a this, this is a very touching go I mean, situation. It's like a paintball will change your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like you catch uh, a paintball. Switch up the immediate intent moment, and then you can get your time to get up in there. Let alone they got rubber bullets that be popping people's eyes out. And so I know those things can be effective in, you know, uh, disarming a situation without necessarily four times to the chest. And then there's different versions of, you know, first shot and then several. Shots. 
you know, after a pause. I think, I think they, I, I, in a perfect world, I wish they would have changed us something. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a police person, and I'm not against the police, blah, blah, blah. Be a mass overhaul of the and all of the, like, where these funds particularly are going to for these people to keep showing up on the scene and killing black women and children and, and men. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit is not... That's just not cool whether she was having yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond systemic, you know. Uh, even in New York, I don't care if it's Eric Gardner, whoever it is, when you see the police union out there, they don't care if they're guilty on camera or nothing. They're like, no, we are with the police officers. We don't care. We, you know, special training this. And then, and so we cannot get nowhere if people. Uh, you know, are being like straight. Yeah, I'm not trying to hear that. It is what it is. And, and so, and the, and the thing that messes us up is that we really do pay their salaries. They re they are really there to protect and serve. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a training thing, man. You know, there's lots of like documentaries about you know the training of you know these people that are out here supposedly serving and protecting. And a lot of that training involves weapons as opposed to using, you know, verbalage to de-escalate situations, things like that. So what do you use mostly in a situation? You're going to use what you've been trained most to do, you know what I'm saying, which is to use weapons. So I don't know, let man. Me, like, let I, me ask you something. You do so much. They don't have a good record of respect in life, you know what I'm saying, especially black So. That shit gotta change. Like bottom line, period. Um, you know, I know you do tons of impersonations on Saturday Night Live. Do you know who I am tonight? Who are you, who you being tonight? I'm, I'm, Lu I'm Luther Vandross. Is that right? <laughs> I'm the, you know it was Luther's birthday yesterday, so I went and got the jacket made like Luther, and I came uh, on number two. Who never that you you wouldn't look at me and notice I was Luther? No, you all had a curl wig, man. Curl wig. <laughs> if I'd have came with the curls, then they'd be like, "Oh shit, Joe, are some Luther shit." Yeah, that that would have gave it away. I'm still. I don't know if I would have guessed Luther right. Now. Yo, but how about you, man? Are uh, you pl you played so many characters? What are some of your favorite characters uh, uh, that you've impersonated? I mean, my favorite person in the world that I've never impersonated on the show, is, I think, is Tracy Morgan. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tracy Nah, Morgan. stop. Yo, why, why don't you do one? I When I came in, somebody else was doing them, and then somebody else started doing them, so I never really had the chance to do it. And then, you know, it's my brother, so, you know, I just, like, enjoy watching other people's impressions of him or whatever, so I just let them... Tracy called me up. Tracy called me up the other day and was like, yo, you got your beach shit? And I was like, for what? He was like, we're going to go on the 9-5. We, we, we need an Amazon truck to hit us now. His wife told him he better get hit by another truck. That money, that, that Walmart money running out. Yeah, they spending high. <laughs> Build that interstate. Yeah, I love Tracy, man. He's the best. That's and my every, brother. Yeah, how many years you worked with Tracy? I didn't. I, I, I came in after he left the show. So I I met him on my first day job, but he wasn't working there anymore. He was just still there, you know. 
and tell and the now, story. Tracy, the type of guy you get rid of, he won't leave, right? You like you fire him, he don't get exactly. the message. He You're that brother it. man. He that yeah. you know you can't get rid of Tracy Morgan, huh? Yeah, that's my brother, man. He took me to Fridays that day. You know what I'm saying? He's like, let's go to Fridays. We went. <laughs> <laughs> and he, yeah, yo, Tracy, crazy. Like I said, you know, let me tell you something. One of the greatest experiences. I know Tracy from the Bronx many, many years. Um, before he was big, and and every time I go to a Nick game, Tracy somehow was there, and. Mm -hmm. And we, he just talked, and I love it, right? Yeah. I, you know, I'm having fun. The other day, he's sitting next to the quarterback of the Giants, and man, Tracy was talking a hole in this man's head, and I'm sitting on the side. I said, "Damn!" At some point, I had to say, "Yo, maybe homie ain't with the Tracy, like, but you, you know, yeah. Tracy won't stop. Like, he just, he's know. like, yo, this, that, and he's calling me. He's reaching out, yo, you don't see the park." I'm trying to tell him about see yo this this guy don't know nothing about what the hell Tracy talking about and he keep going. I'm talking about Cedar Park in '93. Yeah, I'm talking Cedar Park in the Bronx, man. When he started here, about this guy from North Carolina, Duke man. boy, he ain't trying to hear all that shit. Yeah, for for two and a half hours. Yeah, Tracy, man, that dude is a freight train. I love him. Many a night he's been in my ear, just like that, like in the middle of the club. You know what, I'm what about what about like comedians, right? It's become, you know, something I saw that was so refreshing to me was Dave Chappelle on the Netflix, uh, and it was so, it was so much of like a regular, uh, comedian great, but to us it was it was so, it was it was so great because it was unapologetic. But when you go back to the Red Foxes, the Richard Pryors, the this, it's always been unapologetic. But when all this cancel system and all this shit, it's hard to get a good comedian to come out there and talk shit. And so I loved, I loved it because he just didn't care. Um, yeah. uh, comedians are supposed to be able to make fun of anything. Yeah, in a smart way, you know, it's definitely the hardest times because, you know, it's uh, dire for the people that are the butt of certain jokes. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like back in the day we just been snapping on anybody and say whatever. It's no big deal. Everybody's home. You know what I'm saying? There's a misunderstanding of people and, you know, life that ends up losing their life. You know what I'm saying? So when you tell a joke about it, it lessens the importance of you know, the knowledge of these people that are human beings, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, they deserve to live how they want to live without, you know, losing their life because they run into something. You know, just yesterday, it's crazy, just yesterday, shout out to JPs in City Island. Uh, I was up in the Bronx. Uh, it was really, really crowded because in New York, when it hit 65, they act like it's chancleta weather. Bring the sandals out, tank tops. You know, New York, 65, they act like it's 90 degrees, right? Chancleta. So it's ramp pack crowded. My mm -hmm. favorite spot in City Island. So he tucked me in the corner, you know. But if you go use the bathroom, you can see me if you really look. 
And uh, my man John, and, and some girl walked by, I was like, oh, no, oh, God, it's that John, right? And I'm like, hey, how you doing? So she immediately tries to rush me with the phone. Not only was I eating, but it's COVID. Like, it's, right. you know, you got to wear your mask. You know, I wasn't masked up. I wasn't. So I'm like, yo, miss, hold up one second. So I, I start to tell her, I love you. I appreciate you. It's just I'm eating and it's COVID. Right. And the girl told me, well, Fuck you're a celebrity. That. You got to take this picture. Yeah. You, like, what do you mean? Like, you... You have to. You have and to. And so, um, what is your take about that? Just like you said, you know, you might tell a joke about, about somebody and take it the wrong way. I was just about to ask you, what did you do? Oh, no. I, I felt bad, but I had to keep it 100 and be like, yo, mama, I can't do it. And so she got, you know, I'm from the projects in the Bronx. So she got stank. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Nah, we know stank. Yeah. You know, we I grew up with 30 stank chicks in front of the building my whole life. That's where I got my comedy from, the front right. of my projects every summer. So I knew right. when she came, I said, damn, man. She, you know, she she walked off talking to us. Oh, Dave East gave me a picture before. Uh, Jada Kiss gave me a picture. Uh, you, you, know, she, you know, they get into that, you know what I'm saying? And you win some, you lose yeah. some, you know? And what what do you do at that point? I definitely used to react the same way. And then I was just like, I don't know. It's not even worth my energy a lot of the time. So I would just grab my mask moving to avoid dealing with shit like that because it would always escalate beyond what it needed to be. And then I would always be thinking like, man, like now they probably think I'm an asshole and I just didn't need to like yeah, it feels bad. It feel it feel it feels bad. I'll tell you a quick one right now, right? Uh I remember all the way up, it's number one. I'm trying to get my money up, my bags up. I went, don't try this one at home, okay? <laughs> I performed at uh Club Story at like four in the morning. Came home, took a quick shower, went to the airport at six, the flight went up to Connecticut. I had like a brunch show. It was like a, a pool party brunch show. Like 12, 1, 2 o'clock, I do the show. We rush to the airport because I have a concert in Denver. Like a summer jam in Denver. Like I, I really did this in one day. So when I get to the airport in Connecticut, this Puerto Rican girl walk up. And I'm, I'm already like, Dad, like I'm sitting on the chair, like hoping we get on this plane so I can sleep for two, three hours. And she stops and she's like, Fat Joe, I see you. I'm like, yo, what's up, mommy? <laughs> You're not gonna throw me a picture? You're not gonna throw me a picture? So I'm like, mommy, I'm so tired. Like, I, like I'm like, you don't understand. Like I haven't slept one hour. I already did two shows. I'm on my way to a third one of them. But you're not going to throw me a picture? So, boom, I get up. But she mm. could tell I wasn't enjoying this. Right. I got up, fat boy style, took the <laughs> picture with her, went to Denver, did the show that night. I throw on my Twitter, Fat Joe Twitter. 
Fat Joe ain't shit. He thinks he's better than everybody. He didn't want to take a picture with me. You know, fuck him. I've been supporting him. I'm like, first of all, I didn't want to take the picture, but I actually got up right. and took the picture with you. And you still shitting on me on Twitter. What what are you gonna do? What do you, I mean? You can't you can't win for losing a lot of the time. But you know, for a lot of people, that's like when they gonna see you again like that. You know what I'm saying? When they gonna be that close? You know what I mean? So it's special. And for I them. try to put that. I try to put that into perspective to yeah. where people be like, "Damn, I ain't never gonna see him again." Yo, my so, man. See you at the next game. I don't see. I don't get to be that close to you like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, we're familiar with each other and shit, but like, you fat Joe, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's a blessing, man. And like, we're very excited. So it's it's all yeah. love. Yeah, I say I'm the Snoop Dogg of New York. You know what I'm saying? What's the Snoop Dogg of New York. <laughs> you know, you got two daughters. Yeah. I'm a dad. What's that like? How that change your life? Your girl, yeah. your your girl dad. Yeah, it's the most immediate switch I've ever experienced. You know what I mean? Like even getting married, it felt like it was more a party for everybody because nothing really changed between me and my wife. We already felt how we felt and was living how we were living. And uh, my kids, when they came, it was the first time it wasn't necessarily all about like self, you know, or my wife, you know what I'm saying? It was like a step further. All right. But, you know, other people, even before me, my wife, you know what I'm saying? And then everybody else in the world. It was just a major perspective shift. Most beautiful thing in the world. Cause my babies are the sweet. And I love them to death. Man. You know, I was out of town for a week. I came home today. I got caught mm. in the crossfire. Wifey and my daughter. And they Going both in. like, they both, you know, her point of view, her point of view, her point of view, her point of view, her point of view. I'm sitting there watching the tennis match like, you know, what do you want me to do? And the one second I side with my daughter, oh, it's over. I might not be able to sleep in the room. So I'm, yeah. I'm sitting in there like, oh, my God. Like, what? like, like what's going on here? Like, you know, and they, go, you know, in a positive way, they go at it, but you know, my daughter, she changed my life. You know, she changed my life, and I actually live life for her. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a different thing. It's it, and I just want while I'm on Earth, my daughter to say, "There's nothing my father wouldn't do for me. There's not he'll do anything for me, and then some." And then some, a thousand percent. So imagine, you know. Imagine all these parents that's lost to these, you know, fucked up situations. You know what I mean? Just keep that in perspective when you vote. Everybody register to vote, you know what I mean? And, and protect your necks. And I don't know. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a very, like, volatile time in our country because a lot of snake loose. You know what I mean, they can't hide anymore. So now that's crazy because my, 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 my dentist. Uh, I went to the dentist yesterday, and my dentist, uh, she was talking about somebody's kid that passed away. She was like, look, we're supposed to outlive our kids. This, this, 
it really does have to be the saddest shit in the world when your mm -hmm. kid when your kid passes away man it is 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 beyond you know and you know I got this thing back here in my tooth where they put in a little implant in the back you got but for the George some reason, I keep biting my cheek I don't know <laughs> if my cheek got fatter but yo bro like you they know it's the shit to the this is really fucking with my quality of life, Keenan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I go to bite some shit. Boom. That shit Ooh. hurt as hell. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Ooh. I want to go in there and be like, yo, Doc, take this shit out. Eat on the other side. I don't Eat want the, the fucking tooth no more. Oh. Yeah. This is like really fucking torture. Like right now, when I'm, everything I eat, I got to be like, you know, like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I do not like this shit. And I went yeah. back, but my father told me yesterday, I told him, yo, dad, I call you back, I'm in the dentist. You know, old people, they think you're lying to them all the time. I'm like, yo, you're in the fucking dentist every day. You, you, you're in the dentist. I'm like, yo, I'm, now I'm trying to explain to him in Spanish. But cuando yo muero, mi cheek. You know, the translation, mi cheek. Lo muerdo. He didn't understand a fucking thing I was saying, but yo, this is some, this is some real life. This is a problem. I don't know if this is a midlife crisis or something, but I'm getting tired of biting my motherfucking cheek. It's <laughs> not biting your cheek, man. Like, yo, I don't know. yo, I'm gonna go to the dentist again this week, and I'm gonna just straight up tell him, yo, shave this shit down, something. I can't take it no more. Like I really can't take it. Put the little one touch ambersol and that shit will go right away, man. And then just slow down. I don't know if my mouth ain't used to the fucking tooth. I don't know what's going on, but it hurts, Keenan. I know. I think you might be eating fast, man. Slow down. Smell the road. I might be eating fast. You're right. Shout out to Emmanuel Lewis on here, Webster. Oh, wow. ATL Finest. Love it. I love Emmanuel Lewis, man. Look what Pat Pooh says Black Love himself. Eventually, your mouth is gonna adjust on its own. Yo, Pat, this shit <laughs> fucking me up, Pat. It's like World War Three. It's a form of depression. When I wake yeah. up in the morning, I'm already like feeling my cheek, like, huh? Shout and I bite my shit. This shit crazy. Shout out to that dude, man, because that that Jersey flow he went through that was crazy. That was crazy. Nah, Pat. Listen, I gave Pat an idea. He don't never want to listen to me, right? <laughs> For some reason, Pat goes crazy on these freestyles. Mm -hmm. And I said, you might as well get some original mu music beats and say all your freestyles on there because his best rhymes is his freestyles. His listen. best rhymes is his freestyles. Listen to the man, Pat Post. <laughs> Fat Albert. Now that's supposed to be Fat Joe's role. Fat Albert. What was that like playing Fat Albert? It was great, man. Um, it was uh, it was it was big for me, you know. Like you know, originally, I didn't get the part uh, when Forrest Whitaker was directing, and then uh, the project part because him and Bill got into it, and uh, the director and I got to try it, and then I got the part. You know what I'm saying? I was really excited at the time, you know, Bill was, you know, one of my big time. Uh, Fat Albert was a big thing for the culture. 
I took it very seriously. And I also had a great time with the I formed some real brothers, you know, with the, you Does know, we Bill were, Cosby own the, the, the franchise of Fat Albert? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, between him and, and Fox and whoever he wrote it with. Man, let me tell you something. What the fuck was up with Bill Cosby when he was going to fucking court for his life and he stopped and go? Did you ever do a spoof like that on Saturday night? You remember, yo, let me ask you something. It's a comedian in you, right? Like, we watch it. Yo, Bill Cosby might go to jail forever. He's going to court. CNN, he's walking there. He goes, blind. And then he keeps, like, yo, let me, was that some comedian shit right there, Keenan? No, I mean, I think that is uh, some sort of a psychosis, actually. You know what I mean? It's some sort of disconnect between seriousness of what's going on and who he appeals to be when he's in public eye, you know what I'm saying, like, still trying to put on, like, that persona or that brand or whatever or, and beyond more than any of that, you know what I'm saying, so that kind of disconnect just kind of shows me some sort of, like, you know, imbalance as far as being a normal person is concerned. Not really know? knowing, having a sense of reality. Not a knowing, yo, bro, you're about to go to jail. Like, bro, for real. Like this cop knew Chevron. He was shocked. he was shocked he was going to jail. Oh, he couldn't this believe it. This guy right now, the George I mean, Floyd. We still got to get through sentencing and all of that bullshit or whatever. But yeah, he was shocked that that uh, verdict came back. You know, just as shocked as he was that he probably prosecuted for the incident in the first place, which is another reason why. Yeah, I was you know was that one beginning of a post change, you know what I mean? Let that dude be your poster boy for every tale. As far as if you need that, people's lives series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me, Um, are, are you a Nick fan or just a New York fan? Are you boss? Are you Brooklyn on Monday and Nick on Tuesday? Yeah, I'm from Atlanta, but I've been living here for longer than I lived there, you know? You've been here forever. You yeah. you just got cheaper I, taxes and a bigger house down there. But you, you really right. in New York, man. I've been here for a long time, but I, I just enjoyed like, the, the historic places, you know what I mean? Like the Garden and Yankee Stadium and just the legendary of that. Like, I don't, you know, the Met, the Giants and the Jets, you know, I don't get to them often because... Yeah. Because it's cold. Let me ask you something, Keenan, right? Forget that joke. Who are your top five favorite rappers of all time? Fat Joe. Fat, fat Joe, Fat Joe. Because you know what? Now, now, now I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest with you, Keenan. Only one other person said it like that. And you're lined up with Doja Cat. Don't you catch that fat joke, fat joke, fat joke. So you I mean, you got a lot of, like, really, really big, epic records, man. Like, yeah. it was, like, at back, like, the biggest anthem-type records, you know what I mean? Be like, fat joke. Like, for the culture at the make it rain, you know, lean back, fucking all the way up. Like, yo. Yeah, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a blessed guy. 
but like I'm a blessed guy. So you're gonna stick to Fat Joe, Fat Joe, Fat Joe. My top five favorite rappers. Yes. I, I gotta fit Outcast is in there, so you can you know split them up if you want to, or you know, or not. Uh Bun B is definitely in. Uh. Shout out to X, you know, the the legendary DMX dog, Snoop, you know. Um that might be five right there. That was four. That's four. Oh, I can keep. Um, I always got to give it to Rakim. You know what I mean? Whenever it comes down to, you know, like greatest no, lyrics, one of them. like dude in the conversation. Rakim is beyond one of them. You know why? Because there's a special thing about creating something for like you being the first. So you have to be that creative, that imagination to make this kind of music. Then everybody learns from you and gets better. To generate, like, you comedian, you watch Richard Pryor. You watch, you got to watch greatness. You got to watch Richard Pryor and Red Fox and, and Jim Carrey's and you watched all this shit. And then you developed who you is. It's different when you're the one, like the, the Richard Pryor, you know? Mm -hmm. Or the Paul Mooney, you know, yeah. somebody who's the first. It's 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 just so Rakim. He invented the style. Mm -hmm. Nobody, uh, nobody invented it. He did it. My brother, thank you for coming on here, man. You're a man of your word. I appreciate you. I we appreciate are celebrating you. you, man. I know your career is is gonna be even bigger than ever, and we here man. for you, my brother. We appreciate you. Oh, I got to shout out the podcast. I mean, we doing the podcast. You do a podcast? You need to do a podcast. No, I'm not doing a podcast, but I'm doing this. This, this like yeah. IG. You let well, me you tell can... it, man. This is David Letterman. Yeah, it's called You Already Know. You come on the show and talk to us. That'd be great. I want to come through. No doubt. And I'm of course. Shout out your brother. Who's the guy that was at the game with you? Oh, that's my brother, Ted Al. Shout out my brother, Ted Al. Shout He's out, out to Al. Me and him made about four hot dogs in the arm. Uh, we yeah, call them shit, The hot dog, no bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been peeping the style, huh, kid? Hot dog, no bread. <laughs> yeah. You know you got to stay away from them cars. Yeah, plus, man. Feel plus, the bread make me bite my cheek and shit. That's what it is. Ah! That's what it is. <laughs> All right, kid, and God bless you, man. Stay God up, bless you, man. Thank you, wow. man. Y'all watch the big game Tuesdays, NBC. Huh? Tell them what. The show, my show, Tuesdays, 8 Keenan, you really rich, man. Shout out to my brother Ari Melbourne on the check-in. Yo, Ari, what's up, bro? All right. One love, one love. <laughs> one love. <laughs> one love. Yo, Ari. So I gave us the, a stat that Ari just, uh, let me see if Ari wants to come on for like two minutes. Uh, this is where we at with it, man. This is a live daily show. The biggest in the world. You know, Saturday Night Live, Keenan, Keenan the Cow, Ari Melba, the biggest show on MSNBC. <laughs> this is What's the post of now because this show is unlike any other show. It's live and we just go on. And everybody, I see the biggie poster behind you, the big painting on the Brooklyn Bridge. Let me ask you something, your arm. Wait, Joe, let me get out. Joe, let me get out the way just so you see it straight now, up. That shit is fire. 
Oh yeah. Nah, that's fire, bro. And he's on the Brooklyn have Bridge. A picture. Let me ask you something, Ari. Today you put up a stat mm -hmm. and it said for 15 years, no police officer involved in the shooting was ever convicted. Correct. Correct. Now, in hindsight, in common sense, is it could that ever be possible? Um, Not in other countries, but in the U.S., yes. And so nobody thinks that th these guys are guilty in no way, shape, or form? They just are uh, innocent every time? Good question, Joe. Uh, the simplest way I can put it is, as you said in the stat, and we were reporting on this on the beat, but people can also, you know, people get their news different places. You can go on my Instagram, Ari Melber, and we have some of this up if people want to see and share the facts. From 05 to 15, there were thousands and thousands of on-duty police killings. And each year, there were zero murder convictions. Every year in a row, zero total. That started to change slightly. This is the context of what's going on right now. After 2016, a couple years after Ferguson, an average of one or two some years, 2020, a single one. And so our point here is, look, you know, I'm not out to do anything other than inform people, Joe, but when racism is the fact and, and police violence is the fact, and I'm going to give everyone facts. Now, what people want to do about it, right, they make up their own mind with their own thoughts. This is the factual history. Sometimes you see a story or you see one This is the history, and this history is now. Yeah, it's terrible because um, yesterday I don't know I don't know either way to look at what happened yesterday to the young lady um, because she was lunging at another young lady with a big knife. Uh, I think that was a bang bang play. You know, it's almost like in football or basketball. Even though rest in peace, where you don't know you could call it either way, right? Um, of course. The, uh, our brother Sean King posted a video of a white man with a knife running over police officers yesterday in Minnesota with a cop hanging out the window. No taser, no shots fired, no nothing. They just locked up the white guy. And so this is what America's seeing, um, that there's a disparity. If you're black, you're a threat. If you're Caucasian, Maybe he didn't take his meds today. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and so it, it's so crazy, it's ironic, even though one thing has nothing to do with another. But you only two, three hours from celebrating a historic day, the guy got what he deserved. This ain't like a monumental. In common sense, he stepped on his neck for nine minutes and 20-something seconds. He murdered I didn't understand why. I still don't know why. I don't know if he was possessed by the devil. I don't know. I don't know why this man chose that day to put his knee on George Floyd's neck and 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 suffocate him. Right? I don't. I just don't understand. Not an arrogancy in the face. I was very confused because there's cameras on him. Yo, you. There's cameras on you. But today, when you threw up that stat, I understand the arrogancy in the face. And so his lawyer, while he's going to trial and he looks guilty, I mean, look, there was a fire woman there who went to 
EMT school twice to get a better rating, right? Begging him to check his pulse, to help him, to give him CPR. I mean, this could be a worse crime for this guy. He committed a crime in front of specialists, right? And so what happens to me is I was wondering why his face was so arrogant. But today when you threw up that chart, his lawyer had to be telling him, look, I don't care what they're saying. You're going home. Uh, nobody ever gets convicted. Don't worry about it. You're good. And what was the difference, you think, in this case? Why was he convicted? Great question. So I have two responses, Joe. Number one, you just put, put your finger on it. And this is like what they call that in the law is whether there's deterrence or not. And if you think you're going to get in trouble for something, I don't care if you're a Wall Street banker or you're a powerful politician or you're a powerful officer. If you think you might get in trouble for something, you might think twice about it. And conversely, if you are never, ever in trouble, as Fat Jeff put it real plain, blunt, straight up, then why would you ever worry about that? Now, that mean every person's going to go out. I'm not talking about each person makes up their own decisions what to do. But you've now removed any deterrence. That's number one. Number two, you asked why different. A, there is a reckoning going on. So there's a different environment. The jury pool, they're supposed to look at the facts, but their pool comes out of America. So if America's thinking differently about race a little bit, um, or, or more aware of what I call the structural racism, then maybe the jury pool was that. Because think about this, and, I, and this hasn't been discussed as much yet. Minnesota is like Wisconsin, Michigan. These are 50-50 these are political states, Joe. Statistic, I can't tell you who's on the jury, but statistically, you would expect Republicans and Trumpers on the jury. And so, you know, amidst all the other negatives, you could say, so 12 people got in a room, they have, they have a different preference for president, different thoughts about this and that, but they all agree the fact. They all agreed it was a murder. What was different, A, the environment, and B, what I did in the report that you referred to, Joe, usually we see police line up and they obstruct the probe or they side with the defendant. Here you had eight, count them up, eight police officers who did what I call the bare minimum. They did what they're supposed to. They just cooperated with the probe. But that's eight more than usual who told the jury, he's not with us, he's a murderer. Wow. And, and, and those are big facts. Uh, I also believe now, because... When I keep talking to regular people about this at the airport or wherever, mm -hmm. they keep saying, if he would have been not guilty, the cities would have been burned down. I don't know. If, if, who knows? No one knows. Who knows? But they're telling me, like, this was almost uh, like, you know, when you, get, when you go to, uh, you, you see a basketball game, the referee missed the call. When they put it on the teleprompter, on the teleprompter, the whole crowd goes, oh, the ref know he messed up. They get the ball, they come down, they call a foul, he gets two shots. It's a makeup call. The makeup, right? yeah. And because of so much emphasis on Black Lives Matter and people were marching on the streets and rallying together globally, some people say this was like uh, a payback. Well, this is what I'll tell you. Under the law, it's not supposed to be. Now, people do what they do. But, you know, my job in terms of giving people legal facts, and, and, and I've been around juries, I will say this. We got a lot of problems in the system. I just talked about some of them. I do 
in my experience, see a lot of juries, you get them in the room, they try to, they try to do it. Like I said, they must have put their politics aside, some of them, if you look at this politically or whatever. So they're not supposed to make up for anything. They're supposed to call it as, as, they, as they see the facts. Having said that, Joe, real talk, the real world, yes, the environment is different than a few years ago. The environment is changing. And if the environment's changing in a way where what used to block the facts reveals them, fine. It's like Jackie Robinson. He was a good baseball player before they let him play baseball. The racism prevented them from seeing the facts, right? That's different mm. than everybody going, oh, um, I don't know. You're worried about what's out in the street, so don't follow the facts. No, all the jury had to do in this case, follow the facts. 12 people, they deliberated 11 hours over three charges. They came back guilty, guilty, guilty on all three counts. So he they was guilty, Ari. Ari, I, I couldn't, yo, I, I don't think we could have found a Ku Klux Klan member or a white supremacist to say this guy's not guilty. They probably wished him luck, but this guy was guilty. Like, it, it, and, and what, what got me so upset, um, uh, was just, he was just guilty, you know, and then we had to go, I understand the defense got to show maybe this, that, you know, you, you got a right to trial, but, you know, it was horrible, man, for the family, for people to see, because yeah. this, this, this really? guy was like, this guy was beyond guilty, man. I've never seen nobody more guilty than this guy. I mean, right. And that goes to the other piece of this, which is, so there's this reckoning and it's all over the world. You can see George Floyd murals all over the world now. It's sad. But I did hear what one of his family members said yesterday. He said, good day to be a Floyd. And that's, of course, bittersweet. Wow. It's so sad because there's no one, nothing brings their family There's back. no question that George Floyd is on that Rosa Parks level. Right. Uh, 30, 50 years from now, they're going to be reading yeah. about George Floyd in, 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 in the textbooks. Right. In school or whatever, on the tablets or whatever the case so, may be. So, Joe, you know, what Floyd went through and now this trial and now the rest of the world is is tragically, sadly, way overdue putting the facts forward for everyone to understand what this means. Because, you know, five years ago, I cover this stuff. Five years ago, and I talked about this on the show, people would wrongly say, well, Black Lives Matter is, quote, militant. Black Lives Matter is, quote, very liberal. Joe, being against murder is not militant. Being against murder is not radical. It's not even political. Being against murder is just the baseline of civilization. And we are living in a country- Man, let me tell you something. Murder. So. Shout out to a good friend of mine, Lisa Evers. She did a uh, Street Soldiers uh, townhouse, mm. a town hall with the, with the police commissioner. I was one of the guests. Let me tell you something, Black Lives Matter was in there. They would not give those people the microphone to ask a question. It was almost like taboo to even address them or ask them a question, and they were there. Black Lives Matter. They, they want to ask their questions, and it was almost like, I guess it was like, all right, we'll do the thing. Don't pass them the mic. And, 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 and all they were doing was standing up for the people. My brother Ari, nothing but love, man. Thanks for coming on the show. You always come on, man. I appreciate you, man. Quick shout out, Joe, because I saw some of your the comments asking. Shout out to Fat Joe, who's always doing it day in and day out, consistent. I love talking to Joe. And shout out to Peter LaFlock, who painted this beautiful painting. People were asking. It's Peter LaFlock. He's on Instagram. Shout out to the painter. Man, that's a beautiful painting. Peter LaFlock. All right, my Joe, brother. Stay up, Ari. I hit you up.
Yes, sir. Bye-bye, brother. All right. Man, Ari Melbourne, friend to the show. Doesn't mind having the number one show on TV news. MSNBC, The Beat, check in with us all the time. And said, listen to this, man. Let your darkest moments bring your most clarity. Yo, Aze. Aze. Executive producer went uh, rogue on us. Aze. And so, let your darkest moments bring your most clarity. Meaning, if you ever been through something, if you ever went through a hard time and your so-called friends were not by your side, didn't hold you down, wasn't there for you, they're not your friends. They're not your family. Get the speaker. I want to leave with Luther Vandross. Can we do it? Your phone's downstairs. Okay. 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 I got my Luther Vandross jacket on. It was his birthday yesterday. I want to leave the show on some Luther. Never too much, never too much. Woke up this morning and listen, bro. I'm not even gonna try that. But listen, God bless Luther Van George, my favorite ever. Uh I love music so much. Uh and he's the he's my favorite of all time. Uh shout out to Bismarcky. Uh, rehabilitate and get better. It was his birthday a couple of weeks ago, the rapper Bismarck. Spoke to his wife, Tara. He's coming along. God bless him. Prayers for Biz. Continue prayer. The power of prayer is incredible. Put God first in good times and in bad times. Kenny Burns, what's up, my brother? I love you too. Put God first in good times and bad times. Love you guys. We the biggest in the game. Peace.